Apple presents events at the Apple Store. Please join me in welcoming this evening's guest moderator, creative director, and producer, Kinvara Balfour. Thank you, Matt. Hello, everyone. Wow, so many people. Thank you for coming. Um, hi, everyone. My name's Kinvara Balfour, and um, I am very excited about interviewing Scott tonight. I have huge respect for Scott and everything that he's achieved. He's the founder, as we know, of the world-famous fashion blog, The Sartorialist. And with that, he's responsible for pioneering fashion photography and blog form. In short, he's made history by doing that. And his work has appeared, in addition to his blog, in countless magazines all over the world. He's contributed to and appeared in many major ad campaigns, and many of his subjects go on to do the same once he has photographed them. His books, which I urge you all to look at, they're absolutely beautiful, are sold all around the world. Before I welcome our guest to the stage, let's take a look at some of his work.
Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage Scott Schumann. Welcome. Hello. Hello. Um, tell us about that film. Tell us why you made it, who's in it, and what it's about. What does it mean to you? Uh, well, it's a short story. I was in Florence at a restaurant a lot like that with Garance. And, uh, Explain who Garance is to anyone Garance, my know. girlfriend and fellow blogger. There you are. Fellow world-famous uh, blogger. Yes. The two of them together rule the world in the fashion <laughs> blogging front. Um, we only speak in tweets to each other, 140 characters at a time. I'm sure that saves lots of arguments. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we were having lunch in Florence, and it was during Pitiwomo, and, um, and I was, we were both sitting there, and I thought, you know, this restaurant is just filled with the most chic men I've ever seen. Just having lunch, and I was just kind of watching them, and I, and I think either I or Garance, I think it was probably Garance, said this would make a great film. Um, and so that's why we filmed it this way. You know, you don't hear what they're saying. That's in black and white. You know, I think one of the things that people have, um, that people misunderstand about social media is sharing too much and taking, and taking away the veil. If anything, there are things that I do, like with a video like this, that you want to create layers. So that's why you don't hear what they're saying. Because at the end of the day, they're still regular guys, and they're just talking about guy stuff, and it's not that interesting. But it looks great, right? You know, or the 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 setting looks great, and you know, the thing it's what the video means to me is, you know, I, I select the guys that I that I invite to the lunch very carefully. They're they've all become my friends, but I really love the the beautiful diversity that you see in the different guys that that we invite. I mean, there's all. There's all sexualities, there's all income levels, there's all um, personality types and character types. And the thing that's so touching that, that you've seen in each video is that even though a lot of them don't speak the same language, there's a real sincere um, uh, trying to, to communicate with each other. They're happy to see each other and they want to become friends. And they, they a lot of these guys, if they were on the subway together, they might not talk, but right. they kind of see each other in this situation, and I think it's really um, beautiful to see how these guys come together in that situation. It's actually representative of your blog itself, in fact, because I'm so amazed how many, what comments you have and what a community you've built on your blog. We'll talk about that in a minute. What I want to do is go back a little bit to where you actually began. When did your love of fashion start? Where you grew up? What was your first job in fashion? And wh when was the first time where you actually noticed what someone was wearing and, and thought about it? Well, I grew up in the fashion capital of Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, and, you know, I, I, I guess what happened, I guess I was into sports and, you know, I'd look at magazines and the guys kept talking about, you know, I, I'm buying this clothes or buying this stereo and all of that. And they'd talk about GQ magazine. And I think, what's that? And so at some point, I think I picked up GQ and started flipping through that. And and, you know, that was probably around eighth or ninth grade, and I probably stopped growing around eighth or ninth grade, so I think I decided sports were probably not going to be my, my future, but, you know, uh, fashion and what I was finding in the magazines were, uh, it, was a, it was a beautiful, mysterious world. And I think, you know, the same feeling that I get, I, you know, I still think I shoot a lot with that same eye, with that same eye of this kind of curious 15-year-old. You know, GQ magazine and Vogue really brought the world to me and it was a world that 
I could recognize that they were people, but they weren't people that I knew. You know, there were not these, my dad didn't dress that way to go to work. He didn't look cool like that. Um, you know, my sisters didn't look beautiful like the girls in Vogue. And, and I think that's probably why I ended up becoming a photographer. I, didn't real, I never planned on doing that, but I think that's why I see the world in, in images that way, because that's how the world was introduced to me. I think it's the same thing with Garance. Garance grew up in Corsica and, you know, a little island in the middle of the Mediterranean, and, and she had a very similar experience. But um, I think when I started noticing the way people were dressed, um, it was never just that, you know, I think that's why I shoot the way I do. It was, you know, the clothes helped tell the story, but for me it was the whole picture, you know, when I would flip through the magazine. So it was the way they were dressed, it, it was the mystery and, and the romance of these different places that they were. Um, I didn't really read the magazine that much, so I mean, that's why it stayed, I was totally fine with the romance and mystery of it. That's why I don't write very much on the blog. I, I like mystery and I like romance and I like dreaming about the potential of what things could be as opposed to having to share or find out, you know, the facts. That sounds like a lot of work. Right. And now your work is published in those magazines, so it's come full circle. Congratulations to you for that. Thanks. Your first job in fashion was um, with... Wait, who was it with? <laughs> Carmelo. You just told me. Yeah. Well, when I first moved to New York... Right. I had a job How with... Old? Uh, How old? How uh, old How old was I? 20... 21, something okay. like that. And, um, and so the woman who gave me my first job in New York is actually now the head of all retail for Apple. Her name's Angela Arntz. She just right. was the head of Burberry. And she's from the same town I'm from in Indianapolis. Oh, really? And from the Great. same town, my mom and dad golfed with her mom and dad. And so whatever it is that we're missing in Indiana, somehow they're growing people who really want to get to the, the big city and, and, and find out what's going on in the fashion world. But um, she gave me my first job at Carmelo Pomodoro. And she was there for a short time and then went on to rule the world, you know, everywhere else. But, um, you know, I thought I had never planned on being a photographer, didn't know anything about it, but I loved fashion. Tried to do design school, but I could tell I wasn't going to be the next Armani. I was going to ask you, had you ever considered fashion design yes. yourself? I would yeah. have loved to have done that. Um, but I just wasn't good enough. You know, I think I could look at my designs and go, well, that's just a knockoff Armani. That's not, there's nothing new there. And I loved fashion too much to do that to myself. Right. Um, and so my dad had done sales and marketing and things like that. So I felt comfortable talking about fashion. And um, so I figured I'd you know, probably be in sales and marketing, be a president of some company or something like that. And that's the, the direction I went. Um, but you know, after having a showroom and working, you know, I worked at Valentino and had my own showroom and did a lot of different things. I, I just kept very fluid, you know, and, and after I had my kids, is when I really picked up the camera. I finally found something I wanted to shoot. My, you know, take pictures of my kids, and just kept working at it and getting, hopefully, getting better and and enjoying it. And I think it really, when I closed the showroom after 9/11, and really, I was a stay-at-home dad for two years, and was watching the kids, and I loved it. It was, you know, the the, the best days and the toughest days, and um, and that's really when. I was raising my kids that really opened up the, the artistic side of me. And even literally just like in the way I shoot and the diversity of, of how I shoot really came from that time of, you know, telling my kids how I think they should see the world, you know, and how they should see people as 
equal and see people as interesting and curious trend and, and how interesting the world is. And as I was saying those words, I think it was really cementing that in my mind as to how that how I should shoot. Yeah. Um, and it so just kind of took forward. off from there. Fast forward to 2005 when you launched the Sartorialist. That was your, your first blog post was in September 2005. Yes. From then, to, we're going to take a look at some of your, your favorite images. But I was going to ask you, what is your definition of a blog? And has that changed over the years? Because yours was one of the first and is obviously now one of the most successful. Has the nature of your blog changed over, over that period of time? Not the nature of what the people are wearing or the people that you feature, but the actual, the way that you lay it out and the, and the reason that you're doing it. Or is it still the same as when you began? I think some things are still very much the same and some things have evolved. Um, for me, I think a blog still has to have a, a very clear voice. You know, a magazine has a bunch of different voices, a bunch of different writers, a bunch of different photographers. Um, for me, a blog needs to have one or two clear voices. And it can have some other people contributing, but it has to have a very clear voice. Or then starts to become a, a mini website, which is also fine, but it's just slightly different. Um, and so, you know, I think it, I've evolved. You know, I have people helping me and assistants, and I think I'm, I'm more open to different things. But at the end of the day, the reason I do the blog is I still love to just go out and take photographs. You know, I've had, you know, I'm going to start teaching a class in Milan. I've done a lot of other side projects and I've had offers to, you know, design clothing line and consult and do a lot of other things. And some of those things I do or I do in a small way, but I always try to protect myself because, you know, I've done that stuff. You know, I don't, I, now I have more confidence that I could design, but I've been in that world and I don't want to be out on my bike or walking around trying to shoot and having someone call me about late buttons, you know, or a fabric delivery or something. I mean, it's at the end of the day, you know, I want to keep creating images. I think, you know, my unique ability is to be able to shoot people who, not necessarily that are the most fashionable or the most stylish or anything else, but shoot people who I think have a, a sincerity about their style. Might not be the most, you know, like the guy here, you know, that's, you know, I think there's a sincerity. I mean, he was just on a side street in, uh, in Tokyo. And I think there's something very gentle about him. And so I think I'm able to shoot in that way. I think I can do that better than design and any of these other things. So I'll do it a little bit just because it's kind of fun and it's a new challenge. But at the end of the day, I think all I want to do is just go out and, and take photographs and, and yeah. communicate. And if, if, if your blog hasn't changed, then let's just talk about the street style phenomenon that is now a, a lot of, there have been films made about it, the actual street style phenomenon where outside the fashion shows is as crazy as it is inside the fashion shows and you're one of the people partly responsible for that in a way. I don't know whether you're proud of that or I think you should be. It's a fascinating time in fashion. Has... Has the street style phenomenon for you, has it become such a, so much a circus that you're actually overwhelmed with the people vying, vi vying to take photographs, whereas you, maybe you were one of the only few in the very beginning? How, how does it feel for you when you're like the big, the grown up guy and there's all these newcomers coming in trying to kind of do what you do? Yeah, um, it doesn't bother me. You know, I just don't think about it. I'm very... And you're I'm, still doing it, right? You're, oh yeah, you're still I mean, doing I go out and what shoot you do. all the time. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think, 
you know, we just both, Garance and I both got to the point where we just felt like we're going out and shooting every day, or, you know, it's just today happens to be a fashion week day, and there are some shows going on, but we don't really make a big difference with that. You know, it's, um, and to be quite honest, when I was, when I was one of the only ones doing it, I was one of the only bloggers. There were other people. I mean, there's always been street style and, you know, Bill Cunningham and Japan has a big culture of that, but it was more print. I was the first one going to the shows doing it for a blog and they could share the images so quickly, you know, so in, in such real time almost. Um, but the fact that a lot of other people want to do it now, I think is incredibly um, uh, flattering that, you know, whatever it was that I did somehow captured people and made them want to get up out of their seat and go do that. Um, for me, it's made my life actually a little bit easier because it's easier for me to move around more unnoticed. You know, it's changed the way I shoot a little bit before maybe where I stopped someone and, and did a particular kind of um, composition as more people came around as opposed to complaining about it, I just changed the way that I shoot. Um, but I think in the big picture, what a lot of people miss or they don't think about is, you know, what this, what's happening outside of the shows is that, you know, for the first time, I think in a long time, maybe for the first time ever, people really feel connected to fashion. You know, when I was growing up, you were always told it was this kind of elite group and, and people that write about it now, you know, and talk about, oh, I miss the old days when fashion shows were just for us insiders and we would all be in a pack and wear black and all this kind of stuff. And, um, and I think that's why the general public, you know, they felt a little disconnected from it. You know, they felt that it was held away from them and that it really wasn't part of their world. So when I see all these people out there now, you know, I think it's great that they feel compelled enough to want to be a part of that world. The fashion is so strong and so, so, so much a part of what people want to live that they want to go out and stand at those, you know, outside and just to see their heroes. You know, for me, Armani was my kind of, was my hero the way Michael Jordan might be somebody else's hero. And, you know, people stand outside sports events all the time to get autographs, you know, or a rock concert. So fashion is catching up to those two right. big leaders. Yeah. You know, and fascinating. I think now a lot of the people that say they have a blog or they're taking pictures now, a lot of those pictures are never going to make it anywhere. But what I think is really happening are young people that, you know, want to meet Franca Sozani because she's their hero. And now they've got a camera and they have a reason to go up and talk to her where they might have been too embarrassed before. But those, so I think those it's people very sweet. before were just, those people before were, they were in the front row and they were, they were editors of magazines, but they now are becoming stars in their own right. Some of them wanting to be more, some of them less, some of them more reluctant, but how does that affect, when you're outside a show, you've got, you've got a lot of people coming to be photographed who aren't even going into the show. You've got editors who are going into the show and doing their work, but also want to be the stars outside. You've got models who are the stars, but are also running around. I mean, how do you choose who you're gonna shoot? Who stands out for you? It, it's just, a, it's a circus right now, no? I mean, not for me. No. You know, it's, um, to me, who the person is, is is totally unimportant. You know, it, it, the, whether it's an editor or, a, you know, a third. I mean, most of those people that are kind of stars now, whether it's Anna, Del Russo, or some of these, you know, they were, they were just editors when, when I started going to the shows, you know, and for some reason, the audience really took to them, you know, and they didn't try to do it. You know, I know Anna Del Russo pretty well, and, you know, and she's still so shocked that people want to take her photograph. I mean... Well, she always dressed as... 
brilliantly as, as she is now that we see in all the photographs, or has that sort of stepped up as well? Well, stepped going? up. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, I, I talk to her all the time, and she says, oh, you know, 20 years I work in this business, like a dog, bah, 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 work every day, dog, dog. And now, you know, she just can't believe, you know, that people want to send her clothes and want to take her picture and ask her opinion. And, and she's, you know, she's, hand, she's kind of gone over the top a little bit in the way that she handles it because she wasn't expecting that. You know, it's not like she tried to do it. This was thrust upon her. And a lot of other people, at least in the beginning, it was thrust upon them. You know, nobody knew that Giovanna would take off that way or some of these people would take off that way, capture people's imagination. Um, and so, you know, but for me, it didn't matter. I mean, she was just someone, I didn't even know Anna Del Russo's name for the first year I shot her. You know, I didn't, it didn't, didn't wasn't important to me. Um, just like, you know, a lot of the people that I shoot here, you know, I, I don't know what, who, they're, who they are. And still, when I go to shows now, you know, if anything, I, I'm less interested in shooting editors and I'm maybe walking around, you know, the standing line or the back part of it, you know, and trying to find, you know, I don't want to say the next Anna Del Russo, but just the next person that's, that piques my curiosity, you know, that I don't know that, for me, it's actually easier when I don't know the people because I have no personal connection. The more I get to know them, Usually, you know, the tougher it is to see them in the perfect romantic way I would like to see them. Um, and so, for me, it hasn't really changed anything. You know, I just still can go on with my blinders and just see the world in the crazy way that I see it. I let everybody else get all caught up in the, in the circus. Okay. Well, we're going to pause there and take a look at one of your, another one of your films right now, and then we'll talk a little bit about that. Okay. Thank you. 
I love that. I love that. Are they all your friends? Because next time you're having dinner, then you can invite me, please. They look fun. Who are those They're people? They're fun guys. And yeah. you've never seen such a horrible group of pool players. We had a whole pool table, brought it in. None of them could play pool. Yeah, but they look good. That's all that matters. Oh, there was a lot of editing. There oh, was really? a lot of editing, yeah. And cards, not very good. I think so we were playing 21 because none of them could play poker. What guys like that don't know how to play poker? <laughs> and are you styling that? You're choosing what everyone's wearing or you're just pulling together some really well-dressed people? Those are, those are well-dressed guys. They're really well-dressed. Yeah, they're, they're guys that I know, you know, I just, we had done three other, other lunches and I was trying to think what, you know, you can't just show guys eating every time. That's boring. So Alessandro actually came up with the idea. He said, oh, the next one, we should be all tuxedos, all smokings. And I thought, oh, that's a good idea. And so we decided this casino night. And I tried and tried to get some of those guys to fight, you know, to get like some real action. But they're all too nice. Okay. So none of <laughs> them would fight with each other. None of them would get mad at each other. And I tried to instigate a little bit. Let's talk a quick bit about your own personal style. So uh, if Armani's one of your big pinups, are you, are you suited and booted at all times? Are you jeans and t-shirts man? Do you have favorite labels? Or are you very loyal to one specific person? What's your no, style? No, not particularly loyal to any particular thing. Um, I, you know, I mean, my life is, is photography, you know, and so I have to dress to do that job. You know, I love, I love having a great suit. You know, I took tailoring, and, and so I really appreciate the art. I, I love the, the romantic idea of sitting down and tailoring a suit and making something beautiful by hand. So... And a lot of those guys are tailors, so I do have some very beautiful suits that I like to wear when I feel is the right time. But, you know, for the most part, you know, like the photography, I try not to be precious about what I wear, about the labels, you know. Today, I think these are, this is Gap, this is J. Crew, Todd's shoes. Um, you know, I think it's when you get too precious, it's just like when you travel all the time, you know, I can't get too precious about any of the equipment, any of the stuff, because if you lose it, I really don't want to be so attached to it that I'm going to really have a bad day if I lose something. And you're traveling breaks. a lot now. You're really, you're really traveling in the world. Uh, your blog yeah. is full of pictures from all countries. It's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, hopefully that's, you know, in the selection that I did of the, of the images, you know, that's one of the things that I, I wanted to it's make sure people kind of understood is, you know, People, everyone, everybody takes away something different from the blog, and and you know, with the way the media writes about it, they I think they really feel that you know, street style is just shooting at the shows. And for me, you know, I'm shooting all the time, every day, all over the place. And so when I was editing this, I wanted to make sure that there were images that I took in Bali. You know, not on the beach at Bali, but like back in the countryside, or in South Africa, or in New York, or in wherever. Because to me, the beauty is not any one particular image but it's when you put them all together. You know, that's why I like doing a book or that's why I like doing a, a talk like this when, or a gallery show where you know, it's really only fun when you compare and contrast you know, and, and you look at the different character types you know, the, of the world and, and how they can look. I mean, like this, you know, I mean, a guy in Milan you know, so classically dressed on one of those, um, whatever those things are called. Segway? A segway, cool yeah. That? I mean, how funny is that? I love that photograph. Um, but, you know, to me, it's, it's the, the craziness of it. Well, we'll keep those photographs playing while we're going to open up to a Q and audience Q&A. Um, if you have a question for Scott, raise your hand and someone from the Apple team will choose you. Um, the runway spills out into the streets and then photographers and bloggers like you 
um, propel that into the online world and then fans of those bloggers and photographers share those photographs. Um, so I was wondering how have you personally, what have you personally gained from seeing that change over time? Um, and what kind of, how, how has that changed the way you view things or view other bloggers? Um, well, you know, I just, I think it's great that, that you know, we're so image-driven now and that people really, you know, I think street photography is really just like a digital park bench. You know, I mean, people love to look at people. And, you know, I just do it my lens to, to interact with people and to look at other people is through clothing. You know, some people do it through cooking. Maybe that's the way they interact with different people and different cultures is through cooking or music. Um, so for me, it just happens to be fashion. It's the thing that's so intuitive to me that it's a way that I can kind of understand the world in that way. So I think that's great, and I think, um, I think it's great that people are, are commenting. You know, one of the things I'm very happy with on the blog and with the Instagram is that, you know, we can put a photograph up and have a real, hopefully, in the good situations, a really interesting photograph, a really interesting discussion about, not so much, we hardly ever, the really interesting discussions hardly have, ever have anything to do with just the fashion, but, you know, what are the social implications, what are the, you know, um, what people think about, one of the things I'm really happy with is that, you know, we're capturing something right now that people are gonna be able to look back 100 years from now and really understand this time period better than we ever have. You know, as great as Bill Cunningham is, you know, they weren't able to capture what people thought like when he was shooting in the 1980s. Not everyday people, you know, and now, not because of me, but just because of the technology that we have, we're able to put a picture up, you know, take a picture today, put it up, people can comment on it, and it's great that everybody else right now can interact and see what people in different parts of the world think about that, but a hundred years from now, people will be able to look back and say, wow, you know, these were important issues at that time. You know, who knows where smoking will be, you know, 30 years from now, but at this moment, it's still very divisive, or um, fur is still a very divisive thing. Who knows where that will be, you know, 30 years from now or a hundred years from now. So I'm really happy that you know we're capturing this this period in a way that we've never captured before. Maybe we're over capturing it, but who knows? You know, I think it'll be really a, a fascinating study, an anthropology, uh, anthropologic kind of study. Quick tech question: Are you taking your photographs on an iPad? Are you taking your photographs with an iPhone? Are you taking your photographs with a classic old camera or a mixture of all of them? With the phone, sometimes. The phone is getting better and better, I and I always say, have it, it with me. It must have changed since 2005. The way yeah. that you work must have changed a lot because of the technology. Yeah, I mean, it's the technology of the phone itself. It's you know everything's mo going mobile, you know, so people want to see it quickly. So technology even changes, you know, as as we were putting things. I think it's one of the things Garant's realized pretty quickly is, you know, when you're sh looking at something at a laptop, it's horizontal, and so her and Tommy started shooting more horizontal and it just looks better on a screen, on a big screen, on a, on a, on a laptop or on a desktop. But now that things are moving mobile, people are usually looking at it this way. It almost goes back to even how you orient your shots so they look better in the thing that people are looking at. So technology is changing that way. You know, most of the shots, most all the shots that you'll see here, I don't think there are any from the phone on this, are just, you know, a Canon uh, 5D Mark III. Um, but you know, it's uh, the, the best technology that's available. Even the videos we shot with the, with the 5D. So, you know, it's, 
But you know, as we go forward and things become more mobile, you know, I think I'm shooting more with the phone, putting phone shots on the blog, um, because at the end of the day, it's really about communicating. You know, that's the one thing that I, I always try to remind myself is that, you know, these photographs hopefully are just the starting point for for an interaction, and. You know, sometimes, just the other day, I put pictures up of a pair of jeans that I bought, and I took it with the phone. We have a new studio, and so the light in there is great, and I didn't use any extra light, but, you know, the, the quality of the phone was good, and, and before I might have looked and said, oh, you know, I want to take a picture of these jeans, but now I got to get the light out, and I got to put that, and hook this up, and this, that, and download, and all this. Now, you know, the phone's so good that I just take the picture, I can take product pictures with the phone, and and get that communication pushed through and get Instantly. it onto the blog and yeah. get it done yeah. as opposed to sitting around waiting. Right. So right now, I'm, everything I'm doing with technology is just trying to communicate better and get those ideas and communication and interaction um, flowing more frequently. Okay. Okay, I hijacked audience question time. I apologize. We have one, we have one, one or two more questions. Apple? Hi, Scott. So when you started working with Burberry and the art of the trench, uh, every luxury brand is so interested in that work. What was some of the advice you and Burberry exchanged and how to start that campaign to make the luxury brand still a little mysterious, but uh, humanize it a little? Well, you know, it's what I, I wrote in the second book. You know, Burberry really had, took a big chance because they didn't say anything to me. They just said, go do what you do. And, um, you know, I mean, when you know a big major retailer like that, they don't put a lot of things to chance. You know, they've got the best photographers with the best stylist, the best hair and makeup, the best model. So when they really said, just go do your thing, um, I did it. You know, I wasn't going to give up that chance. And, and I think they trusted me enough. And, you know, we talked a little bit, and I think they, they could feel the sincerity of me wanting to do what I wanted to do in a real way. And... Other than that, you know, they, all they said was take a picture of 100 people with trench coats. We weren't, even while I was shooting, weren't quite sure what the format was going to be. We knew it was going to be something digital, but it also might be something printed on billboards or, or maybe a book or something like that. But the actual shooting and casting, um, they really didn't say anything about. You know, they would just sometimes say even a little bit more diversity. They'd say, oh, you know, can you get uh, an older couple? And I'd say, well, I already shot that. You just haven't got it yet. Um, and most of the brands... I think if you're, brands are going to, the good brands aren't going to push. The good brands are chic and they respect, they have a good relationship with the people they're working with. A lot of the other brands that aren't as maybe sophisticated push and push and push. And they, that's where you end up with a lot of, you know, young bloggers and people, you know, wearing clothes that they really shouldn't be wearing or, you know, bad, bad interaction with brands and, and social media. Um, for me, it's not really an issue because I think for some reason they just don't push me that way or they don't think they're going to get away with that or something. I, it's just not something I'm interested in. Um, I, but I do a lot of projects, you know, I'm actually going to do something kind of like what we did with Burberry. Just starting, we just got the glasses today, but Luxottica is a big, is like the big Italian um, eyewear company. And I'm going to be doing a big portrait series with them over the next year of just Almost, you know, like a lot of the portraits that you're seeing up here, just beautiful portraits of people wearing um, optical. And really, that's just the only thing is they're just going to let me shoot whoever wearing optical. Um, and it doesn't even have to be theirs. As long as it doesn't say Dior or some brand that they don't carry, 
You know, that's why I can go to somewhere like Morocco and shoot people wearing glasses, and they just want to capture a beautiful, uh, beautiful variety of, of humanity that way. That sounds um, great. I think that it's going to be a great. Really great. I think it's going to be a great project. Yeah, and it's just very, they're very open with it. Okay, we have more time for one really quick more question, then we have to wrap up. I'm really annoyed because I have so much to ask you still. One more question. Um, really appreciate your blog. I just wanted to know, when I first started looking at your blog, I really noticed how you highlight the di diversity in fashion. But as I kept looking at it, I began to realize that there was a similar theme that kept coming up, and, and it really highlighted the similarity of humanity. Which aspect drives you more when you shoot? The diversity of fashion or kind of the similarity that we all share and passion for beauty? Um, I don't know. You know, when I'm shooting, it's so intuitive. I don't really, you know, the fashion part is just, I never question whether I want to shoot someone because of the fashion. I never sit back. If I, if I question whether I think the look is interesting enough, then I don't usually shoot it. Um, and the diversity is just usually my, my natural curiosity. So the thing with shooting and posting day after day is sometimes you'll go into little micro trends or something and something's capturing your eye for a little while but when you take a step back like when you do a slideshow like this you really see there is hopefully a great diversity not that i'm trying to do that i never sit down and say oh i have to go shoot this different kind of person it's just when i go out shooting i try to keep my mind very open i'm a very simple person and i try to keep my mind and eyes very open and just see what i'm seeing and i'm just naturally attracted and curious about a lot of different things so I never really go back and look and, and try to maneuver and say, oh, I've got to get more old people or I've got to get more this kind of fashion. It's just I think I'm naturally curious. Of, you know, If you look at my book collection, I'm putting more of that on the blog, you'll see it's incredibly diverse. And that's it's what just is so natural for me. That's why this job is so good for me. And I don't want to do design or other things. I want to just go out there and continue to discover the world. Okay, well, on that note, I'd just like to say, on long may it continue your work. I'm a huge fan. I have huge respect for what you do, for what you've established and what you've maintained, and I really look forward to seeing everything that you've got coming up. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me in thanking Scott Schumann of the Sartorialist. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you all for coming. Thank you.